And here's a Bill Petrie guilty pleasure for you. I love me some grease. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 118 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, the petty officer of plaques, trophies, and awards, the good time player man from Coshocton, Ohio, Dr. Kirby Hossman. Kirby, love asking you this question each and every week. How the hell are you? You know what, man? I'm doing well. I am I'm in a really good mood today. I actually was just telling the team that I'm in a good mood. I'm generally in a good mood, but I'm in a good one today, and I'm excited to have this conversation as I always am. And to dig into some topics and to get your take. I always, this is one of the bright spots of my week. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. When are you not in a good mood? And I ask <laughs> that on behalf of all of our listening audience, Kirby. Um, as we've been described, we're like the uh, soft scrub sponge on a kitchen sink. You're the yellow side. I'm the green abrasive side. So when are you not in a good mood, Kirby? <laughs> you know, I, I'm most of the time in a good mood, but the, the reality of it is that's by choice, right? Uh, no, I agree. Yep. I agree because yep. I'd like to think I'm generally in a good mood too. And you know yep. what always puts me in a good mood, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be the good, good time player people at Common Skew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk a lot about Common Skew. They've been a longtime sponsor of this fine broadcast. And we always talk about how Common Skew really enhances the modern customer experience. Um, I think one thing we, we don't talk about enough, though, is that the software is really designed with teams in mind. We did talk about that a few weeks ago, but I'd like to touch on that again. Sure. It really was designed with teams in mind so that companies really could collaborate, and that's the word I, I really love that they use, but they could collaborate internally, pass off the workflow to others, give management like you, visibility to what everybody's working on, allow sales teams to collaborate much more effectively with each other so ideas are generated faster so much. It's a problem that they really focused on trying to solve mm-hmm. with their uh, team when they, uh, you know, on their distributor arm right sleeve in the early days before Common Skew. It, it's completely tied in their DNA that that collaboration feature, and I know you use it quite a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny is as we've started to be uh, more in line with the tools that, that they provide, it has absolutely helped us from, uh, you know, sharing different things like that. But the other thing I've noticed from a, and it goes to what you just said, is it's helped me coach better. Right. Yeah. It's helped me look at the activity level of my team and go, hey, it looks like you've done a great job with presentations, but how many meetings did you do? How many face to faces? And so I'm able to give real, honest, real time feedback on their activity level that will affect their sales. Well, it helps you manage by the numbers, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great, Kirby. And, you know, we're heading off to New Orleans here in a few days for mm-hmm. SKU Camp, and we'll probably talk about that whoop, next whoop. week would be my guess. Yeah, looking yep. forward to that and seeing all the good time player people at Common SKU. But if you'd like to learn more about Common SKU, and I, I have a feeling that all of our listening audience would love to learn more about Common SKU, and if they don't, go ahead and tune off now. There's plenty <laughs> of other podcasts you can listen to. But if you would like to continue listening to this podcast, go ahead and put us on pause. Run over to commonskew.com slash unscripted. You won't be sorry you did. You will not. Kirby, are you ready to broadcast at some sort of level today? I at least balsa wood, bro. Ooh, love the balsa wood. <laughs> well, I want to, as always, I want to thank you for having the courage to broadcast with me. Kirby, do you want me to go ahead and start with a topic today? I would love that. I would love that. So I wanted to do just a, just a quick one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it does tie into common skew. Sure. But it's more about the movement of people in our industry as mm. it relates to common skew. And you probably know what I'm about to talk about. Uh, David Schultz mm. recently joined common skew as uh, their VP of um, you know, vendor relations, and he's going to you know be really working a lot. I think that's his title. Is that his title, Kirby? Do you know I, I don't know. I think it's Good Time Player Man. Yes. He, yeah, that is, he is the <laughs> vice president of Good Time Player Man. Um, but anyway, I know he's going to really focus on the integration of promo standards and things like that. What a great get for Common mm. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they sponsor this broadcast. Um, you know, David was at Distributor Central for 17 years, did a truly fantastic job there. I've had the opportunity to work with him at a fairly close level for the past couple of years. And what a great fit for him, and what an exciting time for both David and Cominsky. Dude, David is one of my favorite people in the industry. I have told him before, he's like what I call a renaissance man, because yep. he's like he's really good at almost everything. Like He's an athlete, yes. he runs, he plays music, he's, he's a literal rock star. So I, when, when I heard this news, I was... I was like, wow, Common yeah. Skew is building a super team. <laughs> they are. Um, you know, and it reminded me when uh, American Solutions for Business picked up uh, yes. uh, Dana Zezzo. For sure. You know, I love good people going to good organizations. And so kudos to, like I said, quick topic, kudos to Common Skew and David Schultz. What a great marriage. And I have a feeling it's going to yield tremendous results. And it, and it, it shouldn't go unnoticed that David Schultz, like you, I'm, I'm a huge fan, have been for a long time, but my goodness, he has the best hair in the industry. Um, <laughs> and, and for someone who, who decidedly does not have the best hair in the industry, I'm a little, I'm more than a little jealous. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, David with uh, all the good time player people with Common Skew this weekend. I love it. I love it. That's good awesome. stuff, man. Well, let me jump into another one, Kirby, if you don't okay. mind. Sure. So this is a branding um, topic. So I don't know if you're aware of this. Uh, Kirby, have you ever, do you like donuts? Um, sh- I'm, I'm not a giant donut eater, but sure. But you'll eat the occasional yeah, yeah. pastry with the yeah. hole in it, right? Yeah, okay. sure. So you're familiar with the chain Dunkin' Donuts, correct? I am, actually, yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you're aware of this. Probably come, not. <laughs> come January 1st, they are dropping the name Donuts from their stores and their hmm. branding. They will now just be referred to as Dunkin', hmm. which... The thought behind it is they really want to be seen more as a beverage company. Mm-hmm. Coffee, yeah, their coffee, yeah. And things like that, which I know a lot of people like their coffee. Um, I can't <laughs> say the word coffee without going all New York. So I know a lot of people like their coffee. But I, I've got some pretty, I got a pretty hot sports opinion about this. But I, before I launch into mine, I'd like to hear yours. What do you think about Dunkin' Donuts dropping the word donuts and being known as just Dunkin' from a branding and marketing perspective? So I guess, again, this is the first time hearing it. So my initial reaction is this feels like one of those times where we're like branding people are overthinking it and they're trying to spin it forward. Um, again, I, I could be wrong on this, but my initial reaction, and by the way, I love Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I think it's really, really good. Um, but it's Dunkin' Donuts coffee. And so I think you're, no, it feels like... Apparently, you, apparently it's Dunkin' coffee. Yeah, well, but I'm saying... <clears throat> Isn't it interesting that I almost can't say it without saying donuts? And I feel like that's one of those things that you're going to try and shove a new branding down the throats of consumers who aren't, who don't care about that. And so I think that that would be my first reaction is this seems like overthinking something that's working. Yeah, I I would agree. And and here's the thought I had. How unnecessary. Mm -hmm. You don't have a branding problem. Right. I guess, yeah. You, 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 You know, you are... You essentially own nationally, 
nationally, you own, from my perspective, you own the branding when it comes to breakfast pastries. Mm, yeah. Okay? You own the donut space. You own the donut branding space. And now you're saying, screw you. We want to go compete with Starbucks, Caribou Coffee, all the other places. Mm-hmm. We want to go. We want to go compete with that. And to me, it is completely short-sighted. It's completely unnecessary. And again, I think my, here's my prediction: the public will speak on this because mm-hmm. no one will start calling it just Dunkin'. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll revert back to Dunkin' Donuts within 18 months of this this uh, thing. I, I just I don't get it. To me, I think you said it very well. Overthinking. You talk about mm. marketing people overthinking and almost having to justify their jobs. Right. Well, and, and I don't, I don't know if it's that. It's just I've seen it. I've seen people do this where it's like, sure. oh, well, we want to play in a different space. But you just said it. They want to compete with Starbucks. They want to compete with, um, with Caribou. Well, couple things. Number one, I'm actually not sure that Caribou isn't owned by the same parent company. Might be. Uh, I have no. Yeah. Idea. And so, but but my point is, they already are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they already are competing with that that space. And so, I I. I Unnecessary is the right word. I think that my initial reaction and yours are pretty similar. I mean, it, to me, it's just it's, it's just stupid. It's <laughs> really stupid. I, I again, I don't understand it, and I think um, I think they're going to end up regretting it. And I, end up, I think they end up reverting back again. You you know, you talk about instead of trying to be just another coffee company, why not be the best damn donut company in in the world? Because right. I will tell you, I think their donuts blow. And I'm not a huge donut fan, but I'll take a Krispy Kreme over Dunkin' Donuts any day of the week. Or excuse mm. me, a Dunkin' any day of the week. <laughs> and so why not improve your donut offering? Why not be the best donut company? Because that's what people think of you as. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Fair enough. The, the irony about it is because I'm not a big donut guy, mm-hmm. um, I actually couldn't speak to whether their donuts are good. But I th- when, they say, when you say Dunkin' Donuts, I think coffee. Right. I actually do. I mean, like well, that's the first thing I think of. I understand that, and I know a lot of people do, and that's awesome. But but just because it's called Dunkin' Donuts does not automatically make you discount their coffee offering. Because that's do exactly what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. It's yeah. just it's just stupid. <laughs> stupid. Okay, fair enough. All right, Kirby, why don't you go ahead and fire us off a topic? All right, cool. So. I- I was thinking about this was actually I had a whole list of topics and then this came to me this morning. Uh-oh. So we have uh, and I think it's hopefully it'll translate to people who are listening. So we have a specific um organization of a company that we do business with. Um a supplier and it's interesting to me because a lot of times a supplier our relationship with the supplier we talk about our relationships a lot and often they're driven by the relationships we have with their salespeople. Sure. But often, and probably we don't talk about this as much, for the rest of the organization, the sales rep is my relationship, right? Mm-hmm. But the rest of my relation, my company and my organization has a relationship with their customer service team. Correct. Right? And so this particular organization changed their customer service rep. Mm-hmm. And you like literally unanimously, my organization is like, boy, we don't like this person. Wow. Uh, and like, yeah, you hear it once and you're like, okay, no big deal. But when everybody is saying the same thing, you're like, that's actually really interesting. And this particular organization, I don't have a sales rep. So I don't have somebody to reach out to and say, hey, there's an issue. I literally don't know the owners. I don't right. know. And so the only contact we have mm-hmm. with that organization is this customer sales rep or customer mm-hmm. service rep. And they are truly the face of that organization. No question. And man, if you get that wrong, 
we we are literally and we did a lot with them over the mm -hmm. last two years mm -hmm. actively our team is looking for someone to other people a to supplier yeah and what's interesting to me is they don't even know it yeah. right and so i think that I guess I bring it up to say, man, when you hire that customer service rep, when you hire that person who's going to be dealing with your your um, your customers on a regular basis, be careful, <laughs> right? No, absolutely. And it, I think you know people don't pay enough attention. Hiring's difficult, right? Mm -hmm. you know, I've talked mm -hmm. about this, and but you got to get that right because just like if you had a big giant law firm, um, the first impression is that uh, receptionist sitting up front, whether it's sure. male or female, that's the first impression. And very similar to what you're talking about, it's the first impression, or it's really the only impression you have because the, that, the company you're talking about does not have a sales rep that calls on you, right? I right, mean, it's exactly. It's a service person. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's a very difficult job, especially in our industry, because almost every supplier, there, there are a couple exceptions, but almost every supplier is a me too supplier. Mm. Um, they've got similar products or damn near the exact same products. Right. And so, you know, loyalty is a very fickle thing in our industry, and mm -hmm. it is for a reason, mainly because it's a relationship business. So if you work with person X at company Y, and person X leaves, and you have a great relationship with them, and they go to company Z that has a, almost exactly the same product offering as company Y, you're moving with you know person X. Yeah. You're, you're gonna the relationship will always win. Boy, that was very. That was the most complicated algebra problem I've heard of since sixth grade. Yeah, but you know what? I actually made it work. If you go back and listen to it, I actually remembered what X, Y, and Z were. That was pretty impressive. <laughs> So, but, but the point, point is the relationship wins. Yeah. And, and if you really look at um, that person who's your customer service person, who's the person who's that main line of contact, uh, I loved it when I worked at Summit, and I love this title. The receptionist was called the director of first impressions. Oh, I love that. And if you really kind of think about that customer service person who has that main line of contact with the people who are selling your product as that director of first impressions, mm -hmm. you know, it, it goes a long way. Uh, well, and, I, and, and it's even in retail. I mean, it's every aspect of, of sales. You That person you have to have that relationship with. Well, and I, I'm not trying to like throw you a softball, but it really is, especially when I think from a customer service perspective, it really is about removing friction, yep. right? It's about making it easy for me to do business with you and to Correct. sell your product. And um, when that stops and that one, per it's amazing that one person not only has a ton of impact, but it's because they have a ton of power in that transaction. No question. Right? And so right. It's, it, it, is, it is really interesting to me how, I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars no that are about to move. And if, you're, <laughs> and if you're talking about it, there's 20 other companies that are thinking about it, right? Right, yeah. And again, because most suppliers are in a me too situation, they can't afford to do this. Mm. You know, they're not Tesla. If right. I want a Tesla, I got to go to a Tesla dealer, and they can be a little standoffish and up, to, uh, you know, stuck yeah. up or whatever. But if I really want the Tesla, it's not going to bother me that much because it's the only place I can get it. Right. If I want a Honda, there's about 14 other Honda dealerships <laughs> within a 30 mile radius. So if I don't like you, I'll go buy it from another dealer. Right. And that's exactly. what I think suppliers need to realize in our industry and and distributors yep, as well. For sure. I was just going to say that. Yep. So cool, man. Awesome. Kirby, I want you to get out your crystal ball, and I'm not talking about the Great Sticks song. If you could get out your crystal ball, 
I want to talk about trends. We haven't talked about this in a while. I was kind of thinking about topics and something we haven't touched on in probably a couple years. Okay. Looking from the perspective of the end buyer, your client, so a distributor's client, what do you think in the next 12 months end buyers are really going to be looking for? What is the trend for end buyers? I've got some thoughts, but I'd love to hear yours. Um, so... And I uh, can go if you'd like. No, that's fine. I'll, I'll jump in. I, you know, I think what we're uh, talking about is I believe, and, and I think this is where I'm, I believe that, that unbuyers are looking for transparency and they're looking for, you know, being able to follow the, the, the purchasing process all the way through. I think, you know, so many times in the past, we'd get an order and then three weeks would go by and there'd be no communication, there'd be no, and you know, it would ship and it would be on time and it would be fine. But I think that a continual uh, loop of communication, keeping them in the loop of what's going mm-hmm. on, where the proofing process is, has it shipped, what's going on, what's the tracking. I think that that level of service is expected whether you're an e-commerce distributor or you are more of an agency um, thing distributor. Um, and then the other piece that I think is continuing, and this has been the answer that I gave a long time ago, is I think we're continuing down the road where people are picking a side. You're either going e-commerce slash price or you're going service slash agency. And I think that, that, that clients are more and more picking a side on that too. Like mm-hmm. they either just want something for 99 cents or they want someone to handle the process all the way through. And so right. those are the two things that pop into my head. Uh, so great, great one, Kirby. The first one that popped into my mind is that transparency. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, as mediocre as Domino's Pizza is, and oh, it's mediocre. <laughs> What's really cool is they have this little tracker, this pizza tracker. Have you seen this thing? It's an app, and it shows you the orders received. Yep. Bobby put it in the oven. Bobby took it out of the oven. It's in the <laughs> box. It's in the car, and it's being delivered, and it's pretty cool technology. And I think that's something, um, you know, it's basically a uh, tracking number on steroids. Right. And it, it uh, I think customers are going to want more of that push notifications. I think w- what clients really are starting to want is us driving information to them as right. opposed to being reactive and supplying information when asked. Yes. I Yes. I love that. And, and, and I think that. I also think um, packaging, I think, will continue mm, to be on the rise. That, that retail experience um, that uh, Orogaudio certainly has, has really been the leader in, in my opinion, in, in our industry. And now a lot of other suppliers are picking that up, creating that retail experience so things feel gifty. They feel more worthwhile. And I think the big one, though, the biggest one is branding. Mm-hmm. And I, what I mean by that is I think – I, I, in fact, I know for a fact there are clients now who say, I want an Origadio something. Right. I want a, another supplier something. You know, for years this industry's kind of been this dark shadow of other manufacturers. They, right. you know, they'd have – they'd manufacture here for retail and then they'd come up with a different name to work in our industry. You know, like the Bill line or the Kirby line <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> And I think suppliers are finally understanding that what people want is is a branding experience. And there's something, you know, there's a reason a lot of companies say, I want a Nike golf shirt. Right. Even though the quality of a private labeled um, whatever in our industry, Sandmar shirt, is same quality. I want that brand. Right. That brand makes me feel good. It makes me feel like we have quality. Well, and, 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 and my customers understand it. 
Absolutely. absolutely. No, there, there's no mystery the to it, The right? customers do, yeah. Yeah. And so I think you're going to see more and more suppliers really understand that they need to be branding along with um, the client's brand. And right. I think distributors are going to have to wrap their heads around it because, you know, this is one of those discussions that happens about oh, every 14 minutes in the promotional products <laughs> professionals page. I can't, you know, Origadio, I'll use them as an example, Origadio has more branding on here than anything else. Hey, it's a retail brand. Get over it. Yeah. That, that means your customer brought, bought quality and you need to embrace that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I actually, I hadn't thought of that one. That's a good one. I like that a lot. Cool. You have one more topic for us, Kirby? I do. This is a quick one and it's one okay. I've been wanting to bring up. And Uh-oh. so I can, I can totally see you shitting on it. Um, <laughs> so I, I watched a, a movie with my family recently, uh, The Greatest Showman. Yeah. So, so have you seen that movie? I have. Okay. So I really enjoyed that. Um, Me too. And I, what I what kind of landed on is I was like, you know what? This is a the soundtrack is amazing, mm-hmm. and B I was like, this is a fantastic entrepreneurial movie, and mm-hmm. it got me got me thinking, what are some great entrepreneur movies? And so The Greatest Showman was one of them. Mm-hmm. And then the so if you have any that you can think of, let me know. And then I guess I'm I'm curious with your love of music, mm-hmm. what how you feel about musicals? Okay. So two things, um, when, you th- when I think of movies about entrepreneurs, I'll think of one recently I've seen, um, and then one that's been a while since I've seen, but I always think it's a great entrepreneurial movie. The most recent one is Founder. Um, mm. It's the story yeah. of Ray Kroc kind of swindling the McDonald's brothers a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ray Kroc, not the nicest human on the planet, uh, but certainly a lesson in perseverance and a, and a lesson in uh, never giving up. But I think my favorite entrepreneurial movie of all time is Tucker. Tucker. Um, have you ever, yeah, Tucker. I have not seen that. What is that? So it's about, it's with uh, Jeff Bridges. I think that's the name, but I'm going I'm to get on my, my Google machine here while we're talking here. Yeah. Well, Jeff Bridges um, is fantastic. He, he is. He, he plays some amazing roles for sure. He is. Yeah. So Tucker, it's essentially, it's called the Tucker Man in His Dream. And it's essentially about uh, Preston Tucker. He was a car designer, and he really challenged he, – he was ahead of his time, and it was the 50s, and he really challenged Detroit in what the big car makers were making, Ford and uh, General Motors, and it was huge safety features and all these things, and it is how um, the big car companies put him, pushed him down and mm. really almost ran him out of business. But it's such a wonderful story. If you haven't seen it, Kirby, I know you're going to get on a plane this weekend. It's called Tucker – the Man and His Dream. It's a fantastic entrepreneurial movie. I think you'll really, really like it. Sweet. I will check it out. Cool. And then you asked about music. Well, how do I yes. feel about musicals? Kirby, this might shock you, but I love a good musical. Okay. Um, I love the. I love a lot of the classics. Um, I love Oklahoma. I love okay. South Pacific. I know a lot of the words to songs. And here's a Bill Petrie guilty pleasure for you. I love me some Grease. I love Grease. I uh, love Grease, yeah. Can't, can't handle Grease 2. Um, I don't want to hear a song about bowling. I'm sorry, Grease 2 sucks. <laughs> but the original Grease, oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> Summer Lovin' had me a blast. <laughs> I love it. You know what else gives me a blast, Kirby? Oh, I'm almost afraid to ask, Bill. <laughs> That'd be the good people at Gold Star. You know, we talk about Gold Star and how they're all about simplicity, and you know how much I love that when we talk about removing friction from the sales process. But, you know, they're more than just pens and writing instruments. Did you yep. know that? 
I, I did, but keep telling me. But some of our listeners may not, Kirby. So right. I'm going to go ahead and wax poetic if you just would wait with me a minute. They're also about bags and drinkware and stationery. They have the fast, very quick-growing line of over two dozen of the industry's most popular budget-minded drinkware and bag styles. Again, free of setup charges, free of decoration charges. And they, are, they just introduced six new drinkware styles just for the fall of 2018. Sweet. Yeah, they have that great pricing, low minimums, and quick 72-hour standard production. Now, I know you're not a mathematician. 72 hours, that's three business days, Kirby. That is (laughs) three business days. Yep. And it's domestically sourced, USA-made drinkware. They have a dozen notepads, sticky notes, and other full-color office essentials. If you want to learn more, and I know people want to learn more because that's what this podcast is about, Kirby, learning more. Mm Mm-hmm. Get that free simplicity starter kit. Go to goldstarpens.com unscripted. You won't be sorry you did. Awesome. Kirby, you ready for a little fill in the blank? I am ready. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start. Okay. The first sports trophy you recall winning is? You know, I think it was in bowling. Um the, were you humming songs from Greece too? Yeah, pro- I probably was. I, I, I can't remember if it was bowling or tennis. Like okay. the like I, as you might expect, I am an achievement-driven person. So, getting trophies was super important to me growing up. So it might have been tennis. Now that I say it, um, mm-hmm. uh, so it was. I had a an extensive collection of trophies, and it mm-hmm. meant a lot to me. So I, te- like that was. I wanted to get in as many tournaments as I could because I wanted to. As you might expect, win. So um, that's what I was all about. I wish this were uh, television and not radio because I, you could see my shocked face right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, my theme this week mm-hmm. is all travel related because I know we're, right. get, we're about ready to get on a jet plane. Um, so when you have to sit in the middle seat of a plane, you are? In pain. <laughs> um, I, you know, it, it's no man's land. Right. And it's uh, it's pretty rare that it happens to me, but it does happen on occasion. Um, I I don't subscribe to the theory that the person in the middle seat automatically gets the armrests. I, mm. I don't. Um, so really, I just kind of grin and bear it. It's not it's it's not horrible. It's you know, look, if that's the biggest problem I've got that day, it's a pretty good day. Fair. So it generally doesn't irritate me. Um, it's just it's just the way it has to be sometimes because. You know, I, I always look at it, look, I'm very fortunate that I fly enough where generally I get to pick my seat in advance. I pick right. what row I want to sit in. If I want a window and aisle, I get the extra leg room. So on the off chance I get bumped or something and I'm in a middle seat, I'm still getting to where I, I need to go. Not that big of a deal, but generally it's it's uncomfortable. That's, that's the biggest thing. All right, Fair. Kirby. Um, I think you'll get my theme here in a minute. The most significant award you've ever received professionally is? You know, I think significant, I would say back um, in, I think it was 2004, um, uh, Lee Wayne had purchased JII. I I might be aware of that. Yeah, and so uh, that year, uh, Lee Wayne essentially went ahead with the commitment that J.I. had an incentive trip. And so we mm-hmm. went on that trip, and I was recognized as salesperson of the year cool. that year. Um, and it was the first uh, um, recognition, like something like that, that I'd received. And um, I, I remember going, okay, well, I, I felt like, I don't know that I'd say I felt like I'd arrived, but I, I felt like, well, I, here, 
I'll tell you, um, I am wearing the watch right now that's that I cool. got that night. <laughs> so well, if, that, if that's not a testament to the power of promotional merchandise, I don't know what is yeah, in, in, in recognition and awards yep, program. I can tell you when I got it, where I got it, all that sort. I'm literally wearing it right now. So and that, that's why people, you never want to give away cash because you never remember how much you got and what you spend it on. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Cool. All right. So the thing you dread most when you get ready to travel is? Packing. I am a terrible packer. <laughs> you would think with all the travel that I have done in my life, I'm a million miler on American Airlines. I, I, I'm, I still fly quite a bit every year. Um, and I always think, oh, it's a three-day trip. It'll take me two seconds to pack. <laughs> I am a serial overpacker. Um, and, and I'm okay really? with it. I've actually, I know, <laughs> did you bring your shocked face? Um, I, here's the thing. I like options. <laughs> if I could bring my whole closet with me, I would, oh, because man. I just never know what I'll feel like wearing. <laughs> and so I really struggle with that. I wish I had the brain of, okay, this is what I'm wearing one day, and this is what I'm wearing one night. Now, with Vegas, I'm much better at that. I can pretty much script what I'm going to wear the whole week. But for something so like funny. Skew Camp coming up, I guarantee you I will pack at least three T-shirts that will not even see the light of day. It is so fascinating. You and I are such different creatures when it comes to this sort of thing. That's mm-hmm. that's super fascinating to me. Yep. You know, I'm, I am, I'm an enigma wrapped in a puzzle surrounded by a question mark. <laughs> Love it. Kirby, the award you've never received but covet the most is blank. You know, I don't know that um, there's a specific award, but I would say that it's funny. Yesterday, we were talking about acknowledgments and things within our organization. And I remember when um, I got into sales, my father, uh, when he was in sales, he got a an account executive ring based on his sales um, his sales. Um, achievements and he had a ring it almost looked a little bit like a class ring Mm -hmm. but it it, it recognized his sales achievements and to this day i'm like oh that would be kind of cool um and so i literally was talking about that yesterday so i don't know that it's a specific award or achievement but it is funny that that's something that i still think about so then you then hey that's okay like i said i asked the question because i know i mean you and i are are different a lot of ways but we're similar too i'm I'm just as competitive as you are with stuff so yeah i I get it i get it all right kirby go ahead cool the thing you most miss from home when you travel is the ability to accurately control the chamber in terms of temperature um, I am a big believer that the sleeping chamber must be prepared properly. Um, it should be a nice crisp, and this is where you and I really disagree because you sleep in a damn sauna. Um, I, I like the, te- the sleeping temperature somewhere between 64 and 68, preferably closer to 64. I like a cold and I sleep. I like about 18 blankets on top of me. Um, I just like that. It's easier to cool down or warm up when you're cold than to cool down when you're hot. So I, I always white knuckle when I go into a hotel room. The first thing I do is, is loc- I'm like the Terminator where's the thermostat. And I find the thermostat, and I hit that, lower, that bottom button about 850 times like I'm trying to get on an elevator, and I want it to open up. And I, it, as low as the thing will go, if it goes down to 55, it goes down to 55. Wow, that's so funny. That's funny. Yeah, it must. The chamber must be prepared properly, Kirby. Fair enough. Fair enough. Kirby, this is a two-parter, so please listen carefully. Okay. If you could give anyone in the industry an award, it would be blank given to blank. Um, I would give the Connectors Award to Mark Graham. Very nice. I like um, that. 
so I, in my experience, and, and it really was my experience, I got into, you know, when we were uh, kind of growing as a distributorship, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really felt like I was alone. I felt right. like my the idea that we should share information and be transparent with with our quote unquote competitors, like I just felt like I was the only one who felt that way. And then I like actually Dana Zezo technically connected me with Mark Graham, but then Mark was just like this web of connections of mm-hmm. people who felt the same way I did. Um, and it was very impactful. And I've watched him do that over and over again with no regard for him getting some return on that investment. And I admire that. And so that would be that would be what I would do. Oh, very nice. Got cool. One more. Yeah. So the best thing about travel for business is uh, the routine. Um, I am a creature of habit. I like routines, um, and so you know when I get to the airport, I used to. This this will shock you. I used to get to the airport ridiculously early. Um, I don't like being late. It's <laughs> kind of how I am. Right. Uh, I'm very much of a, if you're five minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And I don't, I don't like the feeling of being late. I just don't. I think it's rude. It's disrespectful. And then for me personally, like when I travel, I just don't need that kind of pressure. Mm. Um, so I like once I get to the airport, I, I do um, spend a lot of my miles every year for um, uh, the Admirals Club for mm-hmm. American Airlines. So I have somewhere quiet to sit. I get free internet. They always have food there. I get a beer. I like the routine. I actually Sweet. really do enjoy the routine. Cool. All right, Kirby, I've got a little rapid fire for you. Okay. Okay, and there is a theme. Um, I think I, I believe I called you the petty officer of plaques, trophies, and awards for a reason. It was <laughs> okay. because fill-in-the-blank was themed. We are going to talk about rival college football trophies today. Oh, okay. Okay. So, again, let me be clear. I'm going to give you two choices. <laughs> you simply pick one of them. Okay. There's not a third option. There's not an I don't know. You pick either one or the other. It's a very simple game. So Are you triple ready? option. Got it. Nope, nope. Two <laughs> options. Two <laughs> options. All right. For the bronze stock, Ball State or Northern Illinois University? Ball State. For Chief Caddo, which is an actual totem pole of Chief Caddo, Northwestern State or Stephen F. Austin State University? Northwestern State. All right. Paul Bunyan's axe, Minnesota <laughs> okay. or Wisconsin? Minnesota. For the Fremont Cannon, Nevada or UNLV? UNLV. The Golden Cowboy Hat, Oklahoma or Texas? Oh. I'm going to go with Texas. Wrong. For Paul, <laughs> first of all, the University of Texas, or as I like to refer to them, Texas University is never the right choice for anything. Okay, sorry. I thought I was like going in your play field there. Sorry. No. Uh, we talked about Paul Bunyan's axe, but what about the Paul Bunyan trophy? Michigan or Michigan State? Michigan State. For the Golden Boot, Arkansas or LSU? LSU. For the Stanford Axe, California or Stanford? Stanford. For the Wagon Wheel, BYU or Utah State? BYU. For the much sought-after keg of nails, Cincinnati or Louisville? Cincinnati. For the Victory Bell, UCLA or USC? Uh, USC. It's not that hard. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't like either of those teams. Okay. So uh, let's go with USC. Okay. For the old oaken bucket, Indiana or Purdue? Purdue. Per don't. For the egg bowl, <laughs> they play for a golden egg, Mississippi State or Ole Miss? Ole Miss. For the jeweled shillelagh, Notre Dame or USC? Notre Dame. For the little brown jug, Michigan or Minnesota? Uh, Minnesota. And last but not least, for the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, 
Air Force or Army or Navy? Wait a second. You told me that there were two choices. <laughs> Kirby, it's not that hard. Sometimes there's going to be three. Um, I will go with Army. Very good. Kirby, you acquitted yourself very well. And if you're a distributorship, do you know what you need to do if you want to acquit yourself well, Kirby? What's that, Bill? That would be run. Don't walk. Don't scamper. Don't skip. Don't saunter. Don't meander. Run over to your portable or desktop Google machine and go to commonskew.com slash unscripted. Go learn more about how that wonderful tool, that online cloud-based platform, can help your distributor business grow by leaps and bounds by helping you and your team collaborate. There's really no better tool in the industry for a distributor to help them grow their business than CommonSkew. Go to CommonSkew.com slash unscripted. Kirby, they're not going to be sorry that they did. Kirby, as always, it's been a pleasure speaking with you this morning, and I look forward to seeing you here in a couple days in Nolens, Louisiana. I can't wait. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at PromoCorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.